Hey everyone, welcome to Superwomen. Today's guest is Amy Peterson, the founder of Rebel Nell. She started Rebel Nell in 2013 while living next to a homeless shelter in Detroit. And she decided she wanted to help these women who wanted to create a life for themselves. So she started Rebel Nell with a mission to provide employment, equitable opportunity, and wraparound support for these women while they work to craft beautiful jewelry. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I would love to go back to you living next to a homeless shelter in Detroit in 2013. Tell me everything. Yes, I was. Um, at the time, I was pursuing my dream job. I never really envisioned myself as an entrepreneur. My dream was to be the first female general manager of a major league baseball team. And that's what um, ultimately led me to Detroit, kind of that that dream of working in sports where you're, you kind of go where the wind takes you. Um, and I was yeah, after so many rejection letters, I finally received that opportunity to start as an intern with the Detroit Tigers and uh, ultimately got a uh, my, an apartment and was living right next door to a well-known shelter in Detroit called Cots, um, and their focus is on women and families. And kind of a long story short, I, there were a lot of challenges being a woman in the sports world. I was with the Tigers for 11 years and ultimately was an attorney for them. Uh, but I would you know, go home at night and walk my dog and, and chat with the women who were living next door to me. And here I was hearing their struggles of how they left challenging situations in search of a better opportunity, not only for themselves, but for their families, even if this meant going to um, live in a shelter. And it was at that time, you know, kind of frustrated with the sports industry and what was happening there. I just was like, what if I started a, a company that was solely dedicated to empowering women? What would that look like? And as a result, Rebel Nell was born. I'm so curious, where did you get the name Rebel Nell from? Well, when we were coming up with the name for our company, we wanted it to be reflective of the work that we're doing. And uh, my business partner and I, being that we're really about empowering women, we thought it'd be a nice tribute or homage to name the company in, in honor of a woman who was a trailblazer. And we went back and forth on the name for so long. I mean, it must have taken us four weeks of a million text messages. And then, of course, over drinks, where all great ideas come from, we both realized that we had a shared affinity for Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, I, at the time, was reading a book about her. And what we learned, I mean, she she's an incredible humanitarian, civil rights activist, women's rights advocate, and the nickname that her dad gave her was Little Nell. And we thought she was deserving of a more badass nickname. So that's how we came up with Rebel Nell. We also believe that the women we employ are rebelling against what life has dealt to them. Plus, um, the jewelry that we make is from fallen street art, which is a rebellious art form. Um, that's how we got our name, Rebel Nell. So you moved to Detroit, you had an internship with this baseball company. I'm not a sports enthusiast, so forgive me if my terms are wrong. How did you get in touch with them? And then how did you eventually get hired? Yes. So I um, I went to college, then law school, then business school. And honestly, it was pursuing a dream that I'd had since I was about 14 years old. I really wanted to work in baseball and I really wanted to be the first female GM. And 
So I received all of that early education because I wanted the well-rounded brain. I wanted to be able to compete um, on the, really the no, I always jokingly call it like the the boys clubhouse side of things. Um, On the player acquisition side, understanding that was really important for me. So I wanted the well-rounded brain. And then I was in business school at the time and I had a wonderful professor and he said, well, Amy, to get your break in sports, I may, I may have um, someone for you to meet. This guy owned a bunch of minor league teams and I went to hear him speak and I had a, my was really great pants suit on and I was dressed far more business than anybody else in the entire room. They were dressed casual. I brought my resumes just in case. And my professor introduced me to him after, um, after he spoke and he said, okay, well, what is it that you want to do? And I said, well, I, my dream is to be the uh, first female general manager of a major league baseball team. And he started laughing and he said, honey, your best bet is to marry a player. Oh, and I was like, oh my gosh, it was terrible. And I just remember being stunned because here and with the encouragement of my professor, I was like, just astonished that that was his response. And I just, I remember like looking at him and saying, "Uh, okay, I uh, disagree. And I turn around, I walk straight back to my shoebox size apartment and I cried for a solid two hours, I bet. And I was like, you know what? Screw that guy. Uh, So I just started sending off resumes. And for every rejection letter I got, I would send out another one. And I was asking to work for free anywhere, any team that would take me. Um, I ended up getting three rejection letters from the Tigers until I ultimately got the opportunity to start as an intern. And I'm so grateful to this day to the person who gave me the opportunity to be an intern. Um, And then I just worked my ass off. You know, every opportunity there was, whether it was in the department I was in or other departments after my job was finished, I was just constantly learning and um, ultimately like climbing the ladder at the Tigers and ultimately became associate counsel for them. And that's why I spent, I spent 11 years with the organization. Wow. So I bet, I bet you wanted to have that pretty woman moment with, with that man who said that to you, right? A hundred percent. It was, um, yeah, I think achieving that. I mean, I would still, it was amazing how many comments I would get in the position I was at the Tigers. Like people just assuming I slept my way at the top, even fans, fans would say stuff to me. I'd walk around the park just like in a business suit and, you know, people would ask, what do you do here? Oh, I'm I'm an attorney. Oh, I bet I know how you got your job. I mean, it was crazy. Do you think though the idea, um, I don't, I think I believe this, but I feel like I was a big, when I was younger, played on team sports and the idea of teammanship and that cultivation of teammanship, I think sets people up to be much better leaders than, you know, cut to half my life being a ballerina. And it's, you can only be one and there can only be a prima. It's a much different mentality than team sports. I don't know if that affected your ability to lead your team at all today. Um, you know, I did both. I grew up as uh, an ice skater. So I had that experience of, and you're right, like being a, a single performer, you know, like if you only had myself to answer to is in one way. And that also puts so much pressure on yourself. But I also played a lot of team sports and I think you're right. And it really reflected on it, but 
teaches you how to navigate everybody so that we're all kind of going in the same direction and valuing that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know which one I prefer. I think I still prefer the, the solo sport. <laughs> managing people is so hard. Oh, it is. It, it, it is. It is, it is uh, not for the faint of heart. Sometimes I, you know, I used to feel like sometimes uh, managing people was harder than the actual anything else in the business. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. What was the time between your idea? Like, did you know you wanted it to be jewelry or, you know, I have so many questions when it comes to like, okay, let's do this. Like, did the women have these skill sets or did you have to teach them? Yeah, we're really uh, unique in the sense that we started mission first. I think so many companies start with a product first and then fit the mission in um, as as a secondary thought. We started with, okay, well, we're going to create a company that teaches women how to fish. What does that look like? I wanted it to provide not only employment, but also how could we support the wraparound services? So the financial literacy, business education, life wellness, legal resource, how could we fit that all under one roof? Um, and then the product came second. I was like, well, okay, well, we need to, we need to sell something in order to support this. What can we make um, that would provide, you know, the sales, the revenue to support this, this idea. And I was running one day on a well-known bike path in Detroit and it's filled with murals that have been there for, oh gosh, really, really, really long time. And a chunk had fallen on the ground and I thought, wow, that's really cool. Look at this piece of, you know, fallen street art, but you could see all the layers that it was that made up that piece. And I was like, wow, it's so cool on its surface, but how do I expose these layers? Um, And I thought it was really symbolic of the work that we were doing to really highlight the layers of the the women we were going to employ. And also Detroit at that point in time, you have to like think back a bit. That was in the midst of um, Detroit being in bankruptcy, one of the largest municipal bankruptcies the country's ever seen. And I was like, you know, there's so many amazing people and ideas here in this city uh, that we, you know, have been discarded by the media and, and everybody else. So it was just a, a quick thought. And I was like, OK, I'm going to turn this into wearable art. How am I going to do this? I really had no, no freaking clue. Uh, but I took the piece back and started playing around, I called my business partner. And I was like, come on over. I think I've got an idea. Let's see if we can take this fallen street art and turn it into jewelry. And we did. So at first, I'd, what was your first conversation with, you know, did you go to all the women at the shelter? Did you pick a couple? How, how did you begin to connect the dots between, you know, now you have this, uh, you have the w- women who are behind and you now have the jewelry idea? It's a great question. Um, we first met, even before we really even launched the business, I, I m- met with um, some of the heads of the shelter went in and chatted with the women to really understand if this was, you know, to make sure that we were providing a solution that was needed. And and they were the ones, in fact, Delphia, she works in the shelter and has been a mentor for me for years. She was the one who was like, yes, you need to do this. This is what we're missing is that landing place that you know, now it's called a social enterprise. And we started, there wasn't a name for it. At least we didn't know about it. Um, that provides this supportive work environment to help the women as their transition to a life of independence. Um, And so with her 
inspiration and encouragement, we did it. Doesn't mean we knew what we were doing, but she gave us the encouragement to start. And then we work really closely with the shelters. We still do to this day um, as our referral partners. And that's, I think, so much the secret to our sauce is um, really amplifying the work that the incredible caseworkers do inside the shelters. Uh, we, we look to them to kind of refer women who are ready for this opportunity so that we can just take all the incredible work that they're doing at the shelters and then help guide them on the next step. So we, we, they are our partners in this journey as well. So what were some of the beginning days like as you're, you know, here, here you are, you left a world which had its own challenges, like you had said in the sports world and being a woman. And now you're entering a world where you're creating things and you're giving people opportunity, but you're also probably dealing with women who have a lot of stress, mental trauma, and now, you know, that's coming into your ecosystem. So how did you sort of navigate starting a business with, with those challenges? Uh, you know, it was, I mean, everything's a challenge. And I think that, you know, we've done a good job of, of altering the world words, my, you know, my business partner and I from like challenges to learning opportunities. We say that all the time. Um, but it was tough. In fact, I actually, I was still working at the Tigers. I, I worked there for five years after starting Rebel Nell. Um, and just really, it was a passion project as we were learning so much and failing constantly. And um, in, in 2016, the truth of the matter is we almost shut down so many times um, in part because we realized we, we were spending so much time and energy on the resources um, of supporting the women, you know, from, if I look back on that year, so much happened, you know, there was um, you know, women were sometimes had to stay at the shop or stay at our house because they were at risk of going back into the shelter. There was no boundaries. It was just, we were doing everything. And, and my business partner and I aren't trained social workers. There was, you know, a one of our kids was um, involved in a stabbing. Um, there was just constant chaos in 2016. And, and not that that still doesn't exist, but I think we've been able to provide a supportive structure to help us manage it a little bit better. Uh, but it was, we spent zero time on the business in 2016. None, zip, not a, everything was focused on the resources. And we had a moment where we really almost shut our doors um, and the team came together. And I'll never forget, like some of our ladies saying, hey, don't give up. We need this. Like we need this opportunity. Um, the world needs more Rebel Nels to help. And so it was at that point in time, we just kind of developed a structure. And, and frankly, we actually launched a nonprofit arm in that point in time to help hold all the wraparound support to create that buffer so that we could focus on the business. Because if we didn't have a business, we weren't helping anybody. Um, right. So it was a big shift for us in 2016. Uh, but I can't tell you. I mean, every entrepreneur goes through phases where they're like, oh, I'm going to shut it down. <laughs> like, constantly, right? It's a roller coaster. But 2016 was that year where it was just, it was a really, really tough year, really tough year. What were some of your guiding principles in that tough year about how you remained able to sort of see the North Star um, and continue? Because I think a lot of people hit these roadblocks and they go, 
I don't know if this is worth it or I don't know if I can continue if, if this is how it's going to be. And then they get through it. But there's there's definitely some tough moments there. I was just reflecting on that today with somebody because I feel that right now, um, so many of my entrepreneur friends are, are really burned out. Um, and, you know, it's been a lot. And especially, you know, Detroit is known for being such a tough and resilient city. And now is that time that it's testing everybody where it's like, okay, well, you just got to, you just put one foot in front of the other. And I think part of it is just being able to trust the process. You know, in those moments, it's easy to reflect on and and just know that it was a hard year, but in the moment, making sure, you know, trusting the decisions that you're making and, and really listening to the universe. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I, I believe in that. I believe that, you know, at that point in time, my team really rallied around and was like, no, we're not, we're not giving up. We're not shutting down. And then, you know, you just kind of put that energy into the universe and then you start answering the calls, right? The, the universe responds and, and, you know, people were coming out of the woodwork. We ended up getting funding that year and I can't tell you why. I mean, there wasn't a real shining reason other than people believe in what we're doing, you know, thinking back on 2016. And so I think it's just a matter of, you know, trusting, Trusting the process and taking each day for what it is. It is just that day. Sometimes I like to say, and I say this in my book, like sometimes success is determined by the fact that you just got back up the next day, that you didn't give up, you know, that you still showed up. Rebecca, you're 100% accurate. And I think of how many times, you know, just waking up the next, like you'll have a day where you're just so defeated and you're like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And then maybe I'll have a glass of wine, (laughs) go to bed or a bottle and go to bed and wake up the next day and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to, and maybe you need two days off, but then at some point in time it clicks back in and that's what I rely on. I, I, you know, spent a lot of time being anxious waiting for that click in sometimes, you know, it didn't come within five minutes, but it always seems to come back. Um, And it's just a matter of getting up and, and facing the day because every day is, is a gift. And Except us to see how we how we approach it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do you have um, a couple of stories that stand out of some of the women who have been part of Rebel Nell and how it's changed their lives? Yes, I do. And I think that's that's the adrenaline. That's that's what has me hooked when you think about the tough times. So I, I think a lot about, you know, we've hired 34 women out of the shelter. And I go back to, you know, the first three employees we had. We we shouldn't have hired three. That was financially really stupid because we didn't have any money. But we fell in love with three and we're like, okay, we're just going to go for it. Um, you know, at that point in time, my salary was funding the business. We didn't have enough sales, but uh, we learned so much with them. And um, one one story in particular, you know, we were doing a pop-up event in the middle of winter in Detroit. And I, this will forever stand out for me. And I believe wholeheartedly in learning to sell the product while you're at Rebel Now. There's a bunch of different tiers and, and programs that exist, but customer service and learning how to deal customers is very important. It's a skill set that we teach at Rebel Now, where if you can pitch your product, I believe that you can pitch yourself. Plus, part of what makes us so special is each piece is unique, not only because of you know the nature of the repurposed material that we use, but because of the woman who made it. So we were working a pop-up event, and um, you know, we got the cheapest booth possible because that's all we could afford. Um, you know, we were basically in the coat closet <laughs> right by the um, exit and it was sliding doors and Sub-Zero. I remember we were wearing like puffy jackets and freezing. And uh, I had a woman's name was Patricia and she was working with me and she had her two kids with her. And I was teaching her how to sell. And a woman came in and was like, wow, this is so cool. I love this necklace. I would love to own it. Um, and then she asked how much it was. And we said, well, it's you know $200. It was one of our most expensive pieces. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to think about it and I'll be back. Well, as you know, from working in retail, that's often not the case, right? People just say that to be nice and then they walk away and you never see them again. Yep. And so I told, I told Trish, I was like, hey, don't, don't uh, be discouraged. She thought it was beautiful, but she's, you know, I didn't want her heart to be broken. You know, she's likely may not come back. It's what people say. And she said, okay, you know, then sure enough, an hour later, this woman comes back. And at this point in time, she removed her coat and was like sweating. And she's like, okay, I can't stop thinking about this necklace. Well, it was at this point in time, we got a few minutes to tell her the story of Rebel Nell and who we are, what we do. And oh, by the way, it's made by, you know, fallen street art. She's like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing. Yes. I, and she ended up buying it. And um, she it was very sweet. She asked Patricia to sign the back of the card because all of our pieces come with kind of the story of Rebel Nell and the history of the piece and who made it. And she so Patricia autographed the, the product card and she took a picture with Trish and then the woman left. And I just remember, you know, I turned back around to the table after saying goodbye to the woman and Patricia collapsed on the ground and she was crying. And she was like, I made that, Amy. I made that. And I always get um, emotional talking about it because it was such a, a profound moment for me. And then her kids, you know, were huddled around her and she's like, mom, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And Trish looked up at me and was like, I need to go back to the shop. I need to make more pieces. And I was like, it's Sunday. 
you don't need to go back to the shop. You're going to have plenty of time. Um, but that was such an amazing moment because I realized then, and I didn't give it, we were still so new. I didn't give the jewelry making um, enough credit as part of the journey for the women. I kind of looked at that as like ancillary, but realizing how important it is because they are the creators. They are the visionaries. It's a, a calming uh, experience for them, but how much it means when somebody believes in something that they created, right? You're a creator, you know how that feels and, and to be able to, to gift that to, to them, that, that then, then somebody buys it saying, I believe in you was really powerful. And that moment will, it's honestly what keeps me going. I think that's incredible. Not only from the perspective that, you know, just, just being a creator, that moment feels good, but to know that that's affecting a woman whose livelihood is, is literally, uh, make or break on, on some of these things, uh, is also an incredible added layer of, of beauty to that story. So thank you for sharing that. What do you think your plans are, um, for Rebel You mentioned you got funding. Did you actively seek out funding? We did actively seek out funding um, and have have a couple investors now. And so it's it, it's been, we got, we secured the investing, I should say, two years ago, right before the pandemic hit. So I'm very grateful for it because it'll, in many ways, um, allowed us to survive. But we also need to put that money to work. And, and our goal is to scale. I really want to be a nationally recognized brand that moves needles, right? That, that really provides equitable opportunities for the women that we serve at Rebel Now. And so right now we're, we're focused on, and I'm hoping the world is ready, because <laughs> that's what's holding us back, is that we can really put our um, scaling plan in motion not only growing our on, online and e-commerce presence, but we're looking to do some strategically placed retail stores. And if you were to, if someone were to ask me a few years ago if I would ever do retail, I would say absolutely not. But now it's interesting how, as a result of the pandemic and trying a few retail opportunities this year, how, how that worked in our favor. And just acquiring talent. I think it's, it's fair to say that my business partner and I are at the point where we are almost capped at what we know we can give. Like we need somebody with incredible experience to to come in and, and help guide us on where we need to go and, and what we need to do to, to really be successful. So that's what my big plans are for this year. So do you work with the same original shelter only or have you expanded your network? So we actually have nine hiring shelter partners currently. We are constantly um, expanding our partner network, and we hope to continue to do that as we continue to grow and evolve. And I, I think our who we're serving is always primarily focused on women and, and really on the workforce development side. But um, initially, we started just with women who had been faced with homelessness. Now we are working with, in addition to that, women who've been previously incarcerated, uh, refugees, LGBTQ+, and that's not exhaustive. That's just how we've continued to grow. And um, it's, it's been a true pleasure to, to be able to serve the people that we do. So I like to ask my guests two questions at the end of every podcast. Um, is there something we'd be surprised to know about you? 
Um, I just actually, I've got, I've got one that I just, uh, just did. I just took my first surfing lesson and, um, I now have four stitches in the side of my head, Oh no! <laughs> but I loved it. I truly loved it. I am, I think at 41 years old, I took my first surfing lesson. And even though I ended up in a hospital in a third world country, I truly loved it and can't wait to get back out there. Uh, but I, I think that that's one that not many people would guess about me. Definitely not. Um, and then what is one piece of advice you'd love to pass on either that you learned the hard way or um, someone gave to you and you were actually like, wow, that's helpful. That actually worked. There's so many things that I've learned along the way. So many fails. The one I would say, because I see this time and time again, and we certainly did this the wrong way, but get an accountant early. If you're an entrepreneur wanting to start a business, I think it's the mistake that we all make, unless you are obviously an accountant or by, by trade. Um, we tend to cut costs a lot, um, especially as we're in startup. And, we, you know, we start out doing our own QuickBooks. And <laughs> next thing you know, just to, to being penny wise and pound foolish, because um, that accountant's going to come back in and you're going to have to pay anyway to have them fix all the errors that you made. So that's my big piece of advice is I would get an accountant early on in the process earlier than you think you need it. Um, it'll, it'll save you in the long run. I couldn't agree more. I feel like, um, if, if money is just the slightest bit, not your forte, or you didn't go to business school, the quicker you can get that financial head, the, the better off you'll be because so many businesses make mistakes so early on and continue to make them due to poor financial problems. So I love that you said that. So where can people support you, buy jewelry from these incredible women, all, all the things? Yes, please um, visit rebelnell.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at rebelnell or on Facebook at rebelnell Detroit. Um, and yeah, you can see uh, they're on uh, at rebelnell.com. You can also see stores that carry us and there may be one in your neighborhood. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, Rebecca. This was truly, truly an honor. You are such an inspiration and a badass. Thank you for doing what you do. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.